Hello, everyone. A good and mighty morning with Simcha. Welcome back to Daf Shavua as we study Mesechus Ksuvos Daf Dalit. Another uh, packed Daf. We see on this Daf uh, some issues coming up that go way beyond uh, basic Suvos issues, dealing with Avelos, um, also Avelos on Yom Tov, Avelos in general, and uh, this is going to happen very often. In Mesechus Ksuvos, remember we pointed out before, this is uh, Shas Katan. I want to uh, just deal with uh, something that comes up on the uh, top of the daf, just a formulation that Tosfos picks up. It's a very important Tosfos, where we refer to the Bia, the, the first time that a couple has relations after marriage, as a uh, Bias Mitzvah or Bu'ulas Mitzvah. So Tosva says straight away, it's very romantic, Tosvos. Tosva says that uh, when a man and a woman are together for the first time, she's a basula. That's assuming that she's a basula. And the fact that they have Bia and she's no longer a basula, this creates a special uh, covenant, a special bris between the two. It also explains, at least from a philosophical point, you know, why it would be such a terrible thing if you would end up, as we saw in previous Dapim, when a woman is a um, engaged and there's the year in between, right? When the Kiddush and the Arison took place and the, the year in between, and she ends up having relations with someone else. You're breaking this bris. Now, not only are you breaking this bris, Halach Lamaisa, you're not going to be able to even marry this person because uh, we have a general principle that we've explained uh, previously. We learned this from Sechus Yuvamas. I think I already mentioned Sechus Suvos that if a woman who is an Aishas Ish, and remember she is an Aishas Ish already after Kiddushin, and she is Mizana with another uh, man, not her husband, then she is Asr Laboel Asr Labal. She can no longer um, have relations with the person she was Mazana with. It's one and done. And she can never have relations with her husband. If this is taking place after marriage, then again, she wouldn't be able to have relations with her husband. How this turns out today, if Chas Shalom, a woman has an affair, it's the same halacha, but there's questions as far as believability. How do we deal with ages? Etc. We're not going to get into that right now. But I think it's an important toast for us to, to appreciate. There are other times when Bia is considered to be a Bias Mitzvah, a Bulas Mitzvah. When a woman goes to the Mikvah, so the night that she goes to the Mikvah, the couple should have relations. It's a, it's a discussion in the Rishonim whether there's actually a Chiyav. Hashkafically, the way we teach uh, the women and the men is that's almost uh, a no-miss. You know, yeah, you have to have relations the night that the woman goes to the mikvah. Obviously, the couple has to be getting along. But Lamaisa, and we'll see this later on in Mesech Suvis, it's not necessarily a chiyuv, but just because it's not a chiyuv doesn't mean that it's not considered to, to be a uh, bias mitzvah. Again, every time there's relations, it's somewhat of a mitzvah because it's the obligation that's spelled out in the ksuba. 
But I'm talking about specifically where it's called the Bias Mitzvah. The, the third situation is uh, before a man goes on a trip. So the night before a man goes on a trip, there's a special union of having uh, Bia with his wife, assuming that they're allowed to. Not if Chas Shalom, she's in a state of Nida. I want to deal with another issue that comes up on this daf, which is uh, very halach lamaisa. But we're going to go a little bit roundabout. The Gemara here presents a situation where a woman and uh, a woman loses, let's say, her parent. The case we have is actually where she's losing her mother, which, as the Gemara points out, is specific when it comes to the wedding and is important because it's the mother that's helping her with the wedding. And that, that, so that's the case in the Gemara. But then the Gemara gets into a discussion in general about whether a man whose wife ends up being a Nida, whether they are allowed to live together. I was told that uh, when the Jews were in Ethiopia, and there's still some Jews in Ethiopia, but there was actually the practice that when a woman is a Nida, even if they're married for many years, she lives in a, a different house. The issue is not just the Tumah, but if you look into our Gemara, there's the concern that maybe the couple's going to end up having Bia. As we pointed out, that's a big problem, especially when she is a Nida. That is not how we practice. The way we practice is that once the couple has already had relations, we're talking about in the Nida issue, the Avelis issue is a separate one, even though that's how we practice today as well. But once they've had relations, then we assume that uh, the couple now will be able to control themselves. But you do have something, and that's why this is uh, practical. What I want to throw in as we're discussing uh, marriage is something that's called a chupas nida. The Gemara says in Maseches Kiddushin that if one does erison with a woman who is a nida, then the erison is valid, the Kiddushin is valid. This you'll find in Gemara Maseches Kiddushin, daf samaches. The Rambam in Hilchas Isha's Perik Dalat, Halacha Yud Beis, says it's better not to do it. Hamikadish achas min harayos loas aklum shein kiddushin tovsin leerva. Remember we pointed out in the first year that uh, anyone who you're not allowed to have relations with is considered to be one of the arayos. So therefore kiddushin does nothing with them. That's what the Rambam is saying. But we also have as arayos a husband and a wife. When the wife's a nida, this is not a relationship that can take place. It's just certain times they can't be together. So the Rambam says, But he says, But it's better not to do it. Now, today, especially we have the Kiddushin, and we have the, we have the Kiddushin slash Erison, and the Nisuin taking place at the same time. We're not going to stop a wedding. Even if you want to say that the Nisuin, remember from the first year, there's one opinion that the Nisuin takes place after Bia, but we're not going to stop a wedding and, you know, announce and embarrass the, the Kala, and you're allowed to be married. The, the Taz reasoning, which is very interesting, this is brought down in Shulchan Aruch Evan Ezer Mem Dalit, 
So the Taz there says, The fact that we're not concerned today when a woman's a chobas nida, when he says we're not concerned, the woman's a nida, we're not going to call off the chasana or delay it because he says, All the preparations for the suda have been done. You know, the wedding hall has been paid for. We're not going to lose because of this. Now, obviously, this is not just a financial situation. It's a practical situation, and it's a halachic situation. So if the wedding wouldn't be valid, then even if there would be a financial loss, right? You can't have relations with a woman who's a nida because there's going to be a financial loss. So what ends up happening, just from a practical perspective, the Masadi Kedushin has to know if a woman's a nida at the wedding. The chassin has to know, and obviously the woman knows. Sometimes another uh, another couple also has to know, because from a practical situation, since they have not yet had bia, they're not allowed to have yichud. You can't have that yichud until after the first bia. So as far as where they stay that night, a rav is going to have to uh, make the psak. Whether they stay in the parents' house, maybe they could stay in a hotel, separate rooms. Uh, it's a whole it's a whole big discussion, and it is not a tragedy when a woman is anita at a chasana, but we try to avoid it. And uh, today, it's much easier to avoid the situation if a woman gets a sense that she's going to become anita. First of all, part of the scheduling of a wedding, which goes back to our whole sugya today. Now we're not worried about the has to be on a Wednesday. And we're not worried about the same issues. First of all, Besden meets all the time, and um, we're generally not going to have a, a, a question where the man comes forward. But either way, it's um, you schedule the wedding, not just the convenience. You know, some people only want to have a wedding on a Sunday. One of the things that goes into the wedding planning and the setting of the date is a woman's uh, schedule. You know, when she expects to get a period, etc. Now, some of this could be controlled, you know, by medication. And sometimes even at the end, with a week to go, you, you call up an OBGYN, they're able to take care of uh, these issues so that a woman would not be a chobasnida. If she is a chobasnida, then there are some practical differences that happen at a chasana, but no one's really going to notice them. Maybe the people who are standing under the chuppah will notice them. The You know that when a woman is a nida, there are a number of harchakos that are necessary, definitely holding hands. So, you know, there was a minhag among some people never to hold hands at a wedding because we don't want to embarrass a woman if she's a nita. Many people are not uh, strict for that. We also have different harchakos that are in place. Actually, some of these harchakos are alluded to on this daf when it discusses the things that a man, uh, man a woman can't do for her husband when he's in Avelos, but things that he would be able to do for her. The general assumption in, the, in Hilchas Nida, especially when it comes to the Harchakos, is that a woman's going to be able to control herself more than the man. So therefore, just going back to our Gemara, if, if the woman is going to you know, make, her bed, make his bed, uh, make the bath pour for him, you know, even when he's in a state of Avelos, then he, we're concerned that she, he's not going to be able to contain himself from touching her, and maybe even more, but she would be able to, and therefore there's more flexibility. But going back to this issue of Chupas Nida, we try as much as possible to 
not call attention to it. There's a question as far as the ring, but many poskim say the chassan could place the ring on her finger using uh, the regular procedure. And although you'll find other opinions, if you look into the Sefer of Minchas Yitzchak, he says, the, based on the Maharil, that the man drops the ring onto the hand, which as opposed to putting it directly, because that would be, you know, allowed to pass from hand to hand, and there's also the concern of touching. And there are also some other differences, especially in the Yichud room. So there are also, even the Adim don't necessarily have to know, but the Masada Kedushin, especially if there's another door, he'll make sure to open the other door so that they're not totally alone. I'm not going to go through all these halachas, but it's just to show you how it's relevant. The last thing I wanted to mention, just so we deal with a little bit of the Hilchas Avelis, which is uh, unfortunately practical, we have a situation like this now. What happens if a uh, person passes away during Yom Tov, let's say during Sukkot, the first days of Yom Tov, last days of Yom Tov, but especially Cholamoy. If Rahmala's Slan of death takes place on, let's say, the first days of Yom Tov, or during Cholamoy, the Shiva does not begin until after Yom Tov. What happens in Chutzlaretz is that the second day of Yom Tov is considered to be the first day of Shiva, even though it's not observed, and then you end up with uh, six days. Now, what comes up, and this is what the Gemara is dealing with as far as relations, that Avelus Betsina, private Avelus, when it comes to Avelus, there's what you do Bifahesia publicly, and then what you do is privately. So, as far as what's done publicly, let's say in a Beit Knesset, outside of the home, and including Shiva, which is considered to be well-known, so therefore it's Bifahesia, that is not going to apply on Yom Tov or Cholomoy. Emotionally, this is very challenging, let's keep in mind, because you're basically telling a person you're not going to have the benefit of the Shiva, but that's what happens, we surrender to the Halacha. But friends and family have to be sensitive to what's happening emotionally. But, if you look into the Shulchan Aruch, this is going to be in Yerdea, where we have Hilchas Avelos, in Shin Tzadi Tes. You also see this discussed in uh, Arachayim, because it comes into the context of Yom Tov in the Shulchan Aruch, in um, Tav Kuf Memches, that Dvarim Shebetzina, which includes bathing in hot water, which today we're a little bit more lenient about, especially if uh, it's a time that it's hot. But definitely, let's say, having marital relations is prohibited. Um, for the final day of Yantiv, everybody agrees you could take some kind of bath. And there ends up being a machlokath with some other areas um, as far as Talmud Torah. There's a machlokas over there. Some say that it's forbidden. Others say that it's okay. The Magan Avram says it's forbidden. Pesachet Tshuva brings down that it's allowed. And um, that's where the halachas come up. Now, we do not have the practice today of separating the husband. Remember, if you look into the husband and the wife, if you look into our Gemara, we end up being stricter by Avelos. 
you know, sometimes when something is more lenient, you're going to end up being stricter. So even though a couple can have relations with each other during Avelos, it's not going to be an Isra, it's not going to be a, a Chi of Karis, like if she's a Nida. So therefore, even if, according to our Gemara, even if they've had relations, you would end up separating them, or at least someone else staying in the house. That is not the uh, practice that we follow today, Halacha So much to do in Maseches Ksubas. We covered today areas of Yom Tov, areas of Avelis, areas of Nida, and of course of uh, the wedding of the Ksubos and Nisuin. Have a great week of learning. Thanks for your feedback. And uh, we're going to jump deeper and deeper, especially as we go post-Chag, as we continue Maseches Ksuvos. Thank you.